What is up? How you guys doing? This is uh, Sterling Furrow of the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network, and you are watching or and or listening to the Intentional Grounding Podcast. I'm excited to be here. Uh, you know, it's another week. You know, we're kind of in the, I wouldn't say we're in the dog days of the summer, the off season, but we're kind of almost there. I mean, one of the last hurdles that that we have to uh, look forward to or things to anticipate is the release of the schedule. Okay, uh, the schedule should be coming out on Thursday, and this is where we'll get to see who the Bills are facing. You know, uh, and, and there's so much excitement that that's being built up to that. Um, the NFL released this morning. All right, this morning the NFL released. Uh, we have a little schedule release. So you know every single year when the schedule's about to come out, for some reason, it gets leaked. I think this is the NFL's way of just, you know, creating uh, hype and hoopla. But no other team got announced today. Just the Buffalo Bills got announced. And so according to the NFL, it has been leaked that the Bills will host the Titans for the opener in week two. Now, there was speculation um about the bills you know coming uh going to uh la to fight the place to, to play the rams excuse me i i don't think that's going to happen now i don't think that's going to happen you know the bills get to take on derrick henry and the tennessee titans with ryan Tannehill, a quarterback no aj brown so i know if you guys remember uh last year's game where they were just hitting us with these slants over and over and over again you know, A.J. Brown got off in the second half. You know, the, we we lost the game. But I don't think that's going to happen this year. I, I, I am fully confident in uh, what the Bills are going to be cooking up. You know, they we're going to see Traylon Burks. I know a lot of you guys probably wanted Traylon Burks to be a wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. It's not happening. Traylon Burks did go in the first round. I, I don't think he's anywhere near what A.J. Brown and what his potential is. But that's what happens when you don't pay your players. You don't pay your guys, they're going to want to go. And you, you got to facilitate. Why draft a guy if you're not going to pay him? Why draft him? Are you just going to use him for four years and then peace out, or in this case, three years, and say, see you later? Because we don't want to pay you, but you're going to pay Derrick Henry all that money. And we know Derrick Henry might be an outlier, right? Derrick Henry might be an outlier just because of what he, he's been able to do as far as his production in this league thus far. But at the same time, you know, we we've we've kind of we're kind of seeing a change in other guard in terms of these wide receivers. They are resetting the market. We saw that with Stefan Diggs. We saw that with Devontae Adams. Yes, Don. Yes, uh we, we should have beaten the Jaguars. But we're gonna get in well we're not gonna get into the Jaguars, but we're gonna get into why the Bills lost and that's the offensive line. The Bills lost that game because the offensive line played poorly. They could not handle the Jags at the point of attack up front. They were getting manhandled. It was just a bad game. Just a bad game. Thank you for bringing that up. Thank you for bringing that up. Hey, if we just so happen to play the Rams and lose, how do you think the season will go? A la the Steeler game from last year. So I was at the... Uh, I was at, you know, I was with Jay Spence at the home opener last year. And, man, 
from from the kickoff, you know, Isaiah McKenzie running it 60 yards. You're like, yo, this is we're about to get in that ass. Like we we thought, oh, it's it's on. But we lost the game, man. Um, this is such a uh, a confident team. I, I you know, I think they're coached well, they got the right leaders in place. So if they were to lose, if they were to play the Rams and lose, which if they did play the Rams the season over, I don't think they lose that game. But if they were to play the Rams and lose. I still think, you know, win the AFC East and you're good. And just think, the AFC West is going to be beating up on each other, right? You talk about the Broncos, the Chargers, and what they've been able to do, the Raiders, the Chiefs. I mean, those guys are going to be beating each other to a bloody pulp. The same thing is going to be happening in the AFC North. Now, we don't know when Deshaun Watts is going to be back, whatever. But uh, it's going to be interesting. It's it's going to be interesting. So no, I, I'm I'm fully confident in what the Bills are going to be able to do if they lose the home the home opener or which. I, well, let me take that back. We're not losing the home opener. It ain't happening. Okay, I'll put money on it right now. I mean, I'm telling you, the Bills are not losing the home opener. It's a Monday night game. Y'all know what it is, man. It's magical. It's magical up there. It's so magical up there. So I don't foresee that happening at all. I just don't foresee it happening. Vince was good. My guy says the O-line will be very good this year and the incredibly tough defense. I agree. I think I think our, our bills are going to be uh, fantastic this year. They're going to be fantastic. Uh, offense to defense. You know, if you look at this roster from top to bottom, 53-man roster, I don't think you're going to find a better roster from 1 to 53 that's better than the bills. And that's not being a homer, but that's just going through all these rosters and, and looking at all these players and what, what these guys bring to the table, I don't think you're going to find a better roster. Now, if you want to say, okay, take the homerism out of it, whatever, uh, the Bills are top three. When was the last time we were able to say that? Huh? It's been a minute. But tonight, we're going to be talking about the offensive line. There's one more thing we could talk about, too. One more thing I want to bring up. My guy Bradbury, James Bradbury was released today. James Bradbury was released by the Giants. Now, it reported that they could not find a trade partner. So, you know, the Bills got uh, Kyrie Elam. I don't know. I, I, I would I would assume, I, I'm not going to, I don't have a source on this, but I would assume that the Giants approached the Bills about a trade. And maybe, you know, the Bills don't have a ton of cash space. Now, I think they could have kicked some things down, down the road, some future contracts restructured of one or two if they really wanted James Bradbury. But now you see on Twitter that, you know, well, now, you know, now that he's available, the Bills got Kyrie Elam. The Bills aren't interested. And I'm not necessarily certain about that. I mean, you got to consider that some of these guys, uh, that some of them want to win a title. And, and Buffalo is about as good as you're going to get in terms of opportunity to win a title with Josh Allen, these guys, Von Miller. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on. All right. So maybe he comes on a reduced contract if he if he really wants to play or, and then reset his value, his market value for the next season. That's something that could happen. Now, you know, is he going to start? Is he whatever? Like, I mean, if right now, if you, you know, I, if the, the opinion is Trey White's going to be out for the first six weeks. He's going to be on the pup list. So Kyrie Elam, James Bradbury, your starting corners. I take that in a heartbeat. Now I know a lot of us like Dane Jackson, but he's not James Bradbury, man. That that man can play 
press man coverage. He's familiar with Sean McDermott and those guys. I think he'd be a great get. I think he'd be fantastic. Richard Rush, man, what's going on, man? <laughs> he said, I'm late, but I'm here. I appreciate you. Um, make sure, before we get started on this thing tonight, make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to, to the Buffalo Wings Podcast Network. All right, we got we got all kinds of uh all kinds of stuff going on, man, here at Buffalo Rumblings. And I'm a, I'm happy to be a part of the team. This is this is my second show on intentional grounding, and I'm pumped to be here. All right, so you're gonna you're gonna catch me here on Monday nights at the same time. Now, during during the season on Sundays, this will become the pregame show. So I'll be watching the film of of the of the next opponent and stuff. And I will share that with you guys on Sunday morning, what the matchups look like. And, and we're gonna get rowdy in here. Like we're gonna talk our talk our shit and everything. That's what we're doing in here on Sunday mornings. But for now, in the offseason, you should you should just make sure you tune in uh to the Buffalo Rooms Podcast Network and do me a favor. Do us a big favor. Make sure you go on YouTube and, and, and hit the like button and make sure you continue to check us out because we have all kinds of stuff lined up uh, this offseason and during the season. All right, so let's let's talk. You know, th- this is a this is a fireside chat. Why don't, why don't we call it that? Why don't we call it that? Um, where I want to kind of give you a preview um, of the offensive line. Now, this is a position group that frustrated me. I know a lot of you fans so much last year. Let's talk about some of the things that we were irritated with. Uh, you know, someone gets hurt. You, you you take one guy, one guy gets hurt, and you you got to change three positions to fill to fill a need. You see what I'm saying? That that can't happen, man. That was frustrating. You know. It's inevitable. You're going to have issues on the offensive line in terms of injury or you know availability, right? It, it just it's a physical it's a physical game. You're going to see guys get injured, but you should have guys in place where if a left guard goes out, guess what? Someone who can play left guard steps in, and you don't have to move. Uh, you know, Daryl Williams in two spots here. I mean that 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 was atrocious. Another one is is the physicality aspect. Now, they improved on this throughout the season, but early in the season, middle of the season, teams that were physical with the Bills, they they did not respond well, right, against the Titans. That was one game. The Bills didn't respond well, all right? The Jaguars is another game. Now, you know, Taven Bryan and and Josh Allen, they they were eating us up, man. They were eating us up. Now, as the season went on, we saw improvements there. And, and why did it take so long for uh, Ryan Bates to play? And, and before I get into all the good stuff, what took so – if Ryan Bates is this good, as we saw him come in and play toward the end of the season, I think he – Ryan Bates had 294 snaps. 294 snaps. That's 25% of the snaps. But that heavy usage happened toward the end. Now, 25% of the snaps throughout, you know, 17 games, which he was available for all 17 games. What the hell took so long for this man to get in the game? Haven't now, you know, they'll tell you, you know, they, they wanted Cody Ford to develop. It didn't really happen for, for whatever reason, right? John Feliciano, who's no longer here, he's going to be starting center for the Giants, wasn't it? Deion Dawkins was struggling with COVID last year. 
All right. Mitch Morse, although he was fantastic, but not having that continuity next to him, I think it kind of hurt him a little bit. This offense, the offensive line really couldn't get in the rhythm. Now, now I'll tell you that this is a unit altogether. They were six in rushing, rushing yards, okay? Um, They were six in yards per carry. Now, you say, huh, Josh Allen kind of, you know, Josh Allen really made that happen, okay? So let's say you take Josh Allen out of the equation altogether, all right? And and you want to look at a metric um, called explosive run rate. The Bills were fifth, fifth in explosive run rate with Josh Allen running rock. You take Josh Allen out of the picture, that all his rushing and his ability out of the picture, the Bills fall to 23. I also believe in when we talk about the running game, having some sort running backs need rhythm. So when you're throwing Devin Singletary out there and Zach Moss out there, Matt Breida, you don't know what you're doing. You can't get a rhythm. The offensive line needs a rhythm. These running backs need a rhythm, right? It's 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 not just one or the other. It works hand in hand. So we saw last year we during the trade deadline we was like, give us anybody on the offensive line. Give us anybody. Right. We want to Andrew Norwell. We were like, trade this, this, and that, and it didn't happen. So now this is probably the best offensive line unit the Bills have had since Sean McDermott has been the head coach. That's incredible. Long time coming. It's five years McDermott's been here. Long time coming, but it's needed. Now, and my last complaint, we know we have an all-world quarterback. I I believe Josh Allen is, if not the best quarterback in the league, he's probably second, third, maybe. I think he's better than Aaron Rodgers at this point. So let's say he's, at worst, he's second, which I believe, I think he's the most complete quarterback in the NFL. He's He's a true He's a true dual threat quarterback. I think there's only two really true dual threat quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen in this, in this league, right? That that can do what they do. Now, Lamar, Lamar needs to improve passing the ball, but whatever. But Josh Allen is that dude. But time and time again, this offense was heavily relied on Josh Allen, whether that's running the ball, whether that's making plays in structure, because he was on the run wide because the offensive line struggled at times last year. Now, I'm not expecting this unit to be perfect. <clears throat> it's not going to be perfect. <clears throat> but one of the things that we we experience is <clears throat> the Bills didn't really, they couldn't really settle on what kind of blocking scheme that there was a pin and pool, was it zone? They didn't know. They wanted to teeter back and forth, and and it just did not work. It did not work at all. So what happens? Bobby Johnson, peace. I was happy about the Bobby Johnson move. I was, you know, because when you look at it, who did you really develop? Who did he develop? Offensive line, good offensive line play is not just about talent, but it's it's about developing, uh, developing that talent. 
And Bobby Johnson, in my opinion, couldn't get it done. Couldn't get it done. So we saw Singletary get better as, as the season went on. When when offensive line got some continuity, they kind of settled in on a blocking scheme, right? But Bobby Johnson's out, and in comes Aaron freaking Cromer. Now, I'm a big fan of Aaron Cromer. Now, some of you guys, you know, may not uh, understand or, or know who he is. I'm going I'm to kind of bring some things to light here. So Aaron Cromer was, I mean, he's been around the league for a long time, okay? He was, he was, uh, I, I'm pretty sure he was mentored by uh, Bill Callahan and Howard Mudd for sure I can attest to. Okay, Howard, Howard Mudd is a, is, a late, is a legendary late coach that passed away not too long ago. One of the best offensive line minds and teachers in the game. And guess what? Aaron Cromer got to learn from him. And that that's incredible. Anytime that you can, I mean, we all know what it's like, you know, whether in your profession or, or just being around somebody who's successful and something that you're trying to emulate, it's so good that to, to be around somebody who, who who knows the game and who's who can kind of take you by the hand and be like, these are some things to look for. Try this, try that. This is what I do in these situations to bounce ideas off of. You know, that's what Aaron Comer had and Howard Mudd. So Aaron Comer coached, he was offensive lineman coach for the Bills in 2015 and 2016, okay? In 2015 and 2016, the Bills led the league in rushing. Now, you had Tyrod Taylor, you, you had uh, LaShawn McCoy, who was av- who had his best uh, yards per carry average that year, Pro Bowl nominate. I think he, he made the Pro Bowl. In that year, twenty, I believe it was twenty sixteen, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so Aaron Cromer has a track record. I I, I can attest. Um, in two thousand nine to two thousand twelve, he was with the New Orleans Saints, and, and they had the least amount of sack. They allowed the least amount of sacks in the league with Aaron Cromer as offensive line coach. You want to talk about the Rams? Okay. I mean, this guy, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was with the Rams 2017, 2018, 2019, if I'm not mistaken. One of the best run-blocking game uh, teams in the league, right? Um, and so you, you, when, you, when you see something like that, you see a line of consistency. You, seen, you see guys being developed. Roger Saffold is a guy that played for Aaron Cromer while he was with the Rams. And he'll tell you how much he loved. He said, you know, he, uh, there was an interview where he said he he freaking loved playing with Aaron Cromer, and it was one of the best years he's ever had. What what coincidence is it that uh, Roger Saffold is a Buffalo Bill, Aaron Cromer's here, and his time with the Bills, he had guys like John freaking Miller, John Miller, third round pick Louisville, and he looked they he, they looked pretty good. Taking guys like that, minimal talent, not even in the league anymore. Think about it. I mean, this guy's track record is phenomenal. So, so you ask, well, what kind of, uh, what kind of, what kind of run scheme is he going to employ here? Okay, it's a heavy wide zone blocking scheme. So you need guys that 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 can get out in space, get to the second level. They're going to initiate contact with defense alignment in space, all right? One of the things that, that I love uh, about Aaron Cromer, one of the things that you can see that he learned from Howard Mudd is, is, is you know, how they can do jump steps, okay? The offensive alignment. So basically, 
what they're doing is they're 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 attacking. Okay, they're they're attacking these defense linemen in space rather than to a spot. All right. So typically in offensive line work, you know, you offensive linemen want to get to a spot, right? To set the edge or, or whatever. You know, for the run game, they get to a spot. Well, not, you know, they they want to initiate contact. You know, he Eric Cromer's a teacher. He's a he's a, he's he, it's all discipline and technique, man. And and, and we're gonna see how that freaking works. So let, let's talk about it. So at left tackle, we know Deion Dawkins. We know Deion Dawkins is going to start coming off his first Pro Bowl year. Also, he, like we talked about earlier, this guy, he he had uh, he had COVID. And so the conditioning that we saw, he was kind of gassed early in the season. All right. Behind him is David Quisenberry, another guy. You know, has familiarity with uh, Roger Saffold. He started at right tackle uh, last year for the Tennessee Titans. Now, I think he's going to go into a swing tackle role here. All right, because I don't think they're going to, you know, Spencer Brown's going to start at right tackle. And at left guard, we got Roger Saffold. Roger Saffold is going to start at left guard. So you got Deion Dawkins, Pro Bowl. Roger Saffold, left guard, Pro Bowl. Okay. He's coming off of Pro Bowl seasons. Think about that. You got two Pro Bowlers on the offensive line now. Crazy. Two Pro Bowlers on the offensive line. You got Mitch Morse's center. I believe Mitch Morse is a, you know, he's he's probably a top, he's a top 10 center in the league, right? I mean, when you saw Ryan Bates entering the lineup and, and things kind of start gelling, man, we saw Mitch Morse coming out on on pulling, getting to the second level, just demolishing people. But Miss Morse, his calling card is he, he's a uh, he's a great pass blocker. Okay, Deion Dawkins again. He's he's one of the top ten left tackles in the league. All right, Roger Saffold. He he. Let's see, out of from twenty sixteen, no, from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty one, he missed uh, only three games. Right, three games. So this guy is known. For taking care of his body, being ready to play. I mean, he just doesn't miss that many games. All right. Started 46 of 49 games. His calling card is he's a he's a run blocker, man. He, you know, he's not I don't, he's not bad in pass blocking, but where he really gets down is he's a run blocker. This man is a he's a freaking tank. He's a tank. He's a tank. All right. Mitch Morse, we talked about Mitch Morse getting out in space. He excels at pass blocking. And, and also he signed a, a two-year extension, 19 and a half million. So we know the Bills really want to keep him around. Rumor has it he'll probably finish his career as a Buffalo Bill. And then we got Rick Bates. <laughs> you got your boy Rick Bates in here. Like I said earlier, 294 snaps. That's 25% of the snaps last year. Came on late in the season. Again, one of the quirks we had was we don't know, we didn't understand why it took him so long to get in the game. That man was playing like EA Sports back in the day. He's in the game. Get get a hey, Ryan Bates was nasty. He was good. He was good. This is a guy that can play every position on the offensive line. 
And we know the Bills value position versatility, position flexibility. And that's one of the that's going back to Aaron Cromer. That's one of his calling cards. He he teaches you, he wants you to be versatile, that you could play anywhere. And he's so disciplined in teaching his scheme that you know you're gonna know positions one through five. That's dope. That's dope. So I mean, I'm telling you guys, like this is gonna this is gonna be uh very good. I mean, Ryan Bates. I felt like he was great in the, in the, in the run game. I mean, PFF, uh, he averaged, you know, 64.3. That's an average to below average starter, according to their metrics. But when you turn on the tape, sometimes the PFF grades can be skewed. I do like them for offensive line play, though. Now, the Bills gave him an extension. He, he kind of flirted with the Bears. Why would you want to go play for the Bears, man? But he hey, he was trying to drive his market value up, and he did. So Brandon Bean was like, bro, we can't let you get out of the building, so we're going to resign you. So then they did. And we were all surprised, right? We we're all surprised when we got Ryan Bates back. But he's he's gonna help elevate you in the run game. The, now look, our our left guard and right guard, though these are guys that can move, right? Mitch Morse can move, Deion Dawkins can move in space. What does that mean? The screen game. The screen game is back. I'm telling you right now, you know, the Bills are gonna be going to 12 personnel. We're going to see that. I think we're going to see that from Kevin Dorsey a lot. You know, and, and when we hire, uh, signed uh, O.J. Howard, who's one of the best blocking tight ends in the league. But I think the screen game is back. You're going to you're gonna see the screen game be utilized in Buffalo. But why you get guys like James Crowder, James Cook, it's, it's coming. Stephon Diggs is great in the screen game. Yes, Daniel, it is good to have Ron Bates back for four years. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Love it. Love it. Will, thanks for joining the show, my guy. Uh, so, and also make sure you guys hit that like button. Now, my favorite offensive lineman, my favorite offensive lineman on this squad is Spencer Brown. I think, you know, when you look at Spencer Brown and his limited, uh, he hasn't played a lot of football, man. I mean, dude played eight, eight man football. Both, and he played both sides, defensive end, tackle. I mean, this guy, he's an athlete through and through. All right. University of Northern Iowa, one year. Sat out the next year for COVID. So last year was really his, that man hasn't played much tackle in his life. And, and we saw that last year. I mean, he made bonehead penalties. He had eight penalties last year. That's not going to cut it, man. But he also, one of the things I admire about him, he's mean as hell. And he talks his shit. Love. I love that. I love that, man. When you're offensive lineman and you got swag and you're like, I ain't taking nothing from nobody. You need your offensive lineman. Like, we, when you look at John Feliciano, everybody thought he's the enforcer. He's the enforcer. But his play didn't back it up. Yeah, he may talk his shit and be angry, but his play didn't back it up, I felt like. But Spencer Brown? That bravado and the way he carries himself and plays the game, that's consistent. That's your enforcer. That dude don't take nothing from nobody. But can he can he develop? What is he going to develop into? I think, you know, I think maybe uh, by the end of next year or the year after, Spencer Brown's going to be a top five right tackle in the league, hands down. I'm telling y'all right now. Mark, 
And I'm not a hot, y'all know I'm not a hot takey kind of person, but that's my take. That he's going to be a top five right tackle in the league in the next couple of years. I'm telling y'all right now. I'm telling you right now, man. 726 snaps. So that man, he got some run last year. One of the things, some of the things I like him, he's quick on his feet. He's got, you know, he he can he can move, man. He 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 finishes blocks with tenacity, right? Now, his frame, he's 300 pounds plus, six foot eight. He's got a thin frame. All right. He he we like to see him add some bulk to that frame. Okay. Now, this is a big offseason for him because you know he was a rookie last year. So we know what it's like coming from being a rookie to to you know highest comp you know, he was he, he he didn't even play the year before so he's coming in as a rookie and he, he's got a lot of work to do still but now this is first off season and, and i and you you know mcdermott and these guys they 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 look at guys to um to have that football character right so that that you're doing the right things whether it's nutrition working out learning the playbook, those kind of things. These are high-character guys. I think Spencer Brown's one of those guys that loves football. He wants to prove himself. He's got a chip on his shoulder, right? We saw him struggle against edge rushers last year. He struggled, man. Power rushers, like edge rushers with power, he struggled against. He's got to improve there. He's got to improve there. He's got to improve. And I think he will. Again, we're talking about Aaron Comer and what he's able to produce. All right, I, I think it's I think it's going to be special. All right, this offensive line that now that's the starters. Let's talk about who's coming behind these guys. Now, remember we talked about earlier in the show where we saw an issue last year where you you had guys when someone went down or someone wasn't available to play, we had to mo- play musical chairs on the offensive line. I don't like that. And I think Sean McDermott, those guys see that. I don't know if that was a McDermott thing or or or. Um, uh, Bobby Johnson thing, okay? But Darrell Williams isn't here no more. John Feliciano isn't here anymore. All right, now they did bring back Bobby Hart, and you're just like, why? Why is he on the NFL roster? You hope to God that you don't see Bobby Hart play for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you know, you ever want to see that man suit up? I'd rather see Luke Tenuta than than Bobby Hart. And Luke Tunu's never played a down in the NFL. I just don't understand what, what Bobby Hart brings to the roster other than experience. He has starter experience with the Bengals, but he was not a good offensive lineman. And maybe maybe the Cromer effect works for him. I sure hope so, but I still don't want to see him on the field. So you got David Quinsberry is, uh, I think he's going to play, I think he's going to back up uh, Deion Doxy at left tackle. He could play right tackle. Um, but I think that's where he's going to be at left guard. I think you got Ike Bakker, uh, and Capra. Okay. Those guys are the backups for left guard. Now, you know, Ike Bakker is going to, I think he's going to be on the pup list, uh, because of his injury last year, but I really wasn't a fan of Ike Bakker. I felt like I just, it's just like, it didn't click for him, man. He was a, he was, he was a casualty out there. Now he's, he's better than, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, God, the center plate we got from the Jets. I can't even remember the dude's name. Oof, oof, rough. Yeah, Daniel, you say, yeah, the league is starting for, uh, they're hurting for O-line death, and that's why Bobby Hart keeps getting jobs. You're absolutely right. 
Greg Mance is, is backing up Mitch Morse at center. I think that's great for Greg Mance. I, I think he, he could play center. I don't want to see him at guard, but he can fill in the center. Cody Ford. This is another one, man. Oh, Brian Winters. Yeah, Brian Winters was his name. Brian Winters was bad. That, that dude was bad. Not in a good way. He was terrible. And, and then where's it? Charles Barkley? My man was terrible. He was bad. But there it goes to show there was, to me, it felt like there was no plan with the offensive line. You shouldn't have multiple schemes with an offensive line unit. That that that, that just does not work, okay? But Cody Ford, drafting the second round, we expected him to, to come in and, and compete and be a starting caliber right guard or right tackle, right? Now, coming out of the draft, you know, a lot of people thought that his best position was guard. I, I really thought that he could play tackle, but that that didn't pan out. And he's a he's best at guard. Okay, so I was wrong on that one. So at right guard, what can Cody Ford do? What can he bring to the table? He he's got to get better in a lot of areas in the game, man. Run blocking, pass block. You and you see the thing about Cody Ford is you see glimpses like, oh, okay, like. He's okay. Like, you know, point of attack. He's mean. He can he can move guys out of the way. Pass blocking. He needs to improve his footwork. But you you're like, okay, like, so you you see why there's intrigue with, with Cody Ford. It's just like it never clicked. It, it's never consistent. And, and we want to see you want to see more consistency, especially as a second round pick, man. So I understand why being and them kept taking chances on him because you want to see him succeed. That's an asset, right? A second round asset. You got like when you're taking the rounds one, two, and three, there's expectations that come with that. You you're expected to be a starter. And he didn't, he's not panning out. I think he may I think now, you know, even Brandon Bean said in the offseason that this is, you know, Cody Ford gets a reset. So I, I think that goes to show that they weren't really fans of what Bobby Johnson was bringing to the table in terms of the tutelage of the offensive line and the development phase. I think this will be, and this is the first offseason where Cody Ford is going to be healthy, right? And the, one of the best facilities in the league, it's for us nutrition and, and medical staff in the Buffalo Bills. So let's see, let everybody just take a reset here. What you ever, whatever you think about Cody Ford, let's give him some grace and mercy here. Let's see what he can do. You know, sometimes with these linemen, it takes three, four years. It does. Let's see what happens. So, so let's not write Cody Ford off, man. Let's let's uh guess give him some love, Bills Mafia. Because he might turn out to be something on the right coaching. I want to see what he could do. I mean, just 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 look at it this way. Let's say you love Ryan Bates and Ryan Bates outplays Cody Ford, but Cody Ford is showing that he could be a, a, a starter. You got two options here. You could trade his butt, or Roger Saffold is gonna probably play one year so let cody Ford play right move uh rick base back to left guard done so this is a pivotal year this is a pivotal year this is a pivotal year for cody ford man it's huge and then right tackle you got tommy doyle uh mr touchdown himself in the playoff game against the patriots he's a, he's hey, he's gonna be competing with quinsenberry for a swing tackle that's gonna be great you know, I I I like the fact that that Tommy Doyle got some run last year. Now you know he has a set of issues, but 
you know, I, I think coming out of Miami, Ohio, I, the, the expectations weren't high, right? He was a fourth round pick. Expectations weren't high, but we knew we needed to come in and develop. And again, we weren't getting that. But he kind of settled in toward the end of the year. Now, if you go back to last offseason after the draft, you know, we thought, okay, Spencer Brown's going to be that swing tackle, right? That's what I thought. That's what a lot of people thought, that he was going to be that swing tackle. No, man. Spencer Brown's starting at right tackle. Tommy Doyle is your swing tackle. I think he, I think he fared well in the limited snaps that he got. And then you got Bobby freaking Hart. Do I need to say any more about Bobby Hart? It's it just not happening. Now, Luke Tenuta, I don't think he's going to make the roster. I think you're going to see him on the practice squad. But he has intangibles, I, I believe, that that can be, you know, backup quality guy in the league. With the Cromer effect, we'll see what happens, right? Again, Cromer has a track record with these offensive linemen. So, so we ask ourselves, Okay, so if the Bills are ranked six in the NFL and rush yards per game, now this is with Josh Allen in the fold, right? And they were six in yards per carry per game last year. I think you're going to see the Bills go more 12 personnel, 11 personnel. So is it is it fair to say, is it fair to think that the Bills – can we get that in the top three? Can we be top three rushing yards a game and yards per carry a game? Is that is that fair? I, I don't think that's hot takey. I think I think with this lineup, I think you got Rogers. Just think of the additions: Roger Saffold, right? You got Rick Bates coming into hit to another year, a second year as a starter. You got Spencer Brown coming into another year as a starter. The left side is set. Right, Deion Dawkins coming, getting more confidence. Pro Bowl, you're now the coach. Mitch Morse, now he doesn't have to worry about what's next to him as much. It shouldn't always have to be in Josh's hand. You, that's why they go out. You know, you let's see what Devin Singletary brings to the table. <clears throat> now, James Cook is not a between the tackles runner, right? But he's he's going to he, he's he's going to be uh, a big big deal. Now, I think he he's not. It, I like him to Alvin Kamara, but he's not as good as Alvin Kamara in terms of running between the tackles. But that doesn't mean he cannot do it. I, he very well can do it. All right, I watched it. I watched a lot of James Cook's tape because I love running backs for one. But he can do it. Now, he had limited snaps and opportunities. We're going to get to running backs later, later in the summer. But I think we should I – think, I think we're going to see – this offensive line improve our running back situation. I think I think it's going to, I think it's going to improve our running back situation where the running backs get more production. Maybe not in terms of volume and carries, but I think I think we're going to see more production. And I don't think that we're going to be so heavily relying on Josh Allen. Pass blocking, right? Just think. If you can. Oh, you got Bruce in here. <laughs> what production comp could you get from James Cook at twenty-one that will make you feel comfortable with the expenditure James White Chase says? I think I think a lot of those guys. I, I think yeah, the, they're very similar. But if I if I'm going to shoot for a projection, it's not that 
it's playing style. So it's not for me. It's not a projection. He, he I don't think he's going to be anywhere near what 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 Alvin Kamara is in terms of production, but stylistically, they they're very similar. You know, he doesn't have the contact balance that Alvin Kamara has, but in terms of running routes out of the backfield, you know. I mean, I, James Cook is a little bit faster, but I would say that Alvin Kamara is shiftier, you know, in terms of uh, lateral speed and mobility, right? Uh, but the, the similar play style, that, that's where I'm coming with it. And I love I love the debate of this because I can't wait until, you know, these guys actually lace them up and play. And I think you're going to see, I think we're going to see, that, you know, I, that I'm not crazy when the season starts. I'm going to tell you all right now, I'm not crazy when the season starts. And I'm going I'm to die on that hill. You know, Bruce is my guy, but he watches just as much film as I do. I'm dying on that hill. So that that's I, like, again, uh, he's not Alvin Kamara. You know, I don't think he's gonna get the production that Alvin gets, but play st- stylistically. I, I think they're similar. Yes. And, and well, I, I, I totally believe that we should employ cook in the screen game. I'm on. Why not? I mean, we'd be stupid not to, that'd be, a, that'd be a waste of an asset. So, I don't think they're going to be any more moves made now. Now, Daryl Williams is still a free agent. You know, when he was released, we, they talked about maybe he can come back or, you know, maybe, you know, kind of test the market, see what he gets. And no, I, I mean, from what I understand, I mean, he's probably had talks with teams, but nothing's materialized yet. But I, I take Daryl Williams back on a, on a, a veteran minimum contract. Yeah. Right. Things you could do there, but I don't think it's going to happen. Not when, not when you have Cody Ford and you're really trying to evaluate and see what you have in Cody Ford, right? And then when Ike Bakker gets back, so really there's no path for for Cody Ford, really, unless you know, and because if you bring, you know, let's say you bring Daryl Williams back and you want to play right tackle, well, Tommy Doyle, do you really want to, you know, stall the production of Tommy Doyle? I mean, so I just don't, I may, I just don't think it's gonna happen. I, I don't, I don't think it's gonna happen. So uh, there you have it, folks. You know, we're not we're not going to stay on this, you know, for for an extremely long time tonight. But I just wanted to give you guys um, an idea of what you should expect moving forward with this Buffalo Bills team. You know, we're going to, you know, as we as we get closer uh, in the dog days of the offseason and we get to training camp, we're going to see how this kind of unfolds and unravels. And maybe we can get some. I do plan on going to training camp this year, uh, just, you know, a couple of days. Uh, you know, I'm already out in Denver, but I, I'm really one of the uh, focus. You know, I want to focus on what the Bills are going to be doing from a, offensively in terms of their run game and, and how this offensive line kind of gels together. More time on task, and these guys can k- kind of get a, a rhythm and a flow. I think I think the sky's the limit. And just in closing, games are won in the trenches. They're won in the trenches. So why do you think the Bills went out and they got Tim Settle? Daquan Jones. Oh, and they got Von Miller too. Right? They re-signed Ryan Bates. They went out and got Roger Saffold. You know, so so games are won in the trenches, man. You can set the tone. And week two is a perfect, it is a perfect game because, because the Titans are their their defensive line is is absolutely nasty. Okay. That defensive line is nasty. So that is a perfect test. That's a perfect test for this offensive line moving forward. And we don't know who they're going to play week one. But best believe, my attention will be on that offensive line week two. That home opener, 
I hope I'm there. If I'm not, watch it on TV. I'm watching it on TV. And, I, and I'm, I'm definitely keying in on what this offensive line is able to do. Again, this is probably the best offensive line that Sean McDermott and these Buffalo Bills have had in quite some time. Since his tenure here, this is the best offensive line that they have. So make sure, if you haven't, liked, follow, and subscribe to the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Make sure you do the same. Come on, man. Do the same to the intentional groundings, yo. This is uh this is my solo, this is my solo deal here. And I appreciate you guys listening. And I hope that you have a great day and the rest of the week. And I'll see you later. <laughs>